It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe, I'm the host of the show and it's awesome to have so many of you out there listening. Thank you. In today's episode, I'm chatting to a highly successful British businesswoman about how she's ignored many of the e-commerce rules in order to very quickly grow her business to a quite fantastic size. We chat about all manner of things, including marketing methods, Facebook ads, uh, the approach to building your website out, listening to the customer. We also spend a bit of time talking about managing a virtual team and in fact, running an entire business from just your mobile phone. Before we meet her and get on with the episode though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the most recommended growth marketing platform on the market. Klaviyo helps more than 28,000 e-commerce brands globally to grow their businesses through high-value customer relationships. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalised marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. And the results speak for themselves. Klaviyo customers have made more than £2.8 billion in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Is Magento One's impending end of life making you miserable? Does the thought of an e-commerce migration fill you with fear? Leading e-commerce agency Swanky are here to help. Their team of migration experts know everything about replatforming to the boundary-busting e-commerce platform Shopify Plus. Whatever you sell, wherever you are in the world, Swanky are ready to make your journey from Magento to Shopify as smooth and stress-free as possible. Check out Swanky's free must-have migration bundle, complete with downloadable ebook on-demand webinar and real-life success stories, just head to swankyagency.com forward slash Magento to Shopify. That's swankyagency.com forward slash Magento to Shopify. And now to introduce today's special guest. Bree Reed is the CEO of Snag, selling tights to ladies of all sizes around the world. Bree founded the business two years ago and is now doing £2 million in sales per month. Hello, Bree. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm okay. It's, it's always a little bit stressful this time of year, but I'm, I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Uh, well, congrats on, uh, on building the business so fast. I'm sure we're going to have loads to talk about in this episode. But before we get into all of that, um, how did you get started in e-commerce? So I've, in one way or another, been involved in e-commerce for a long time. I used to work for a, um, an education company, and we sold our courses online. And after that, I worked for a delivered diet company. And again, we were online early only. Um, and then I worked um, around an agency which specialized in Facebook ads for e-com businesses. So e-com, I've been around for a long, long time now. Nice. And you tick some interesting e-commerce boxes before starting your own project there too. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think once you've you've seen it from all angles from, from a while, you get some kind of crazy, crazy ideas about e-commerce, which we've kind of all put into Snag, which 
like some people quite upset you can see how kind of nervous they get around it like we don't do any email and everybody looks at me really intensely like what no email and I'm like no 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 email and they're like not not even on Black Friday and I'm like oh we don't do any offers on Black Friday and then they just kind of low-key freak out so um there's a lot of that with snag and was those were those decisions which you just which were natural based on what you wanted to achieve with the company or are they things you went kind of, let's see if it'll work if we don't do this? So it was a mix of them. I mean, partly as we were designing the website and designing our kind of online presence, we decided to start with a one page website and we were only going to put other pages on when people asked for them. So we thought, you know, a whole lot of this kind of inherited wisdom around websites comes from you know you have to have an about us page you know you have to have all these collections pages you need to do this you need to do that and we were like we'll just put one page up and we'll just you know put our products on it and we'll sell from that page and when people ask us for more information then we'll decide what pages we add and how we build the website out from that point so that's kind of what we've we've done so we built the um the website in two hours in the pub actually specifically my partner built it in two hours in the pub while I was having a really difficult phone conversation and that website actually we used um right up until until this month um and we started with just one page and what platform did you build that one page on on Shopify which is is brilliant we're big big Shopify fans here at Snag ah cool so so it was like a we know which platform we're going to use when we ha- when we end up adding all those extra bits and pieces in, but we're going to start with just that really, really, really simple one page plus checkout. Exactly. One page plus checkout. And then we'll, we'll add what people ask us for. And that's always been our approach. And nobody's ever gone, you know, I'd really love it if you'd send me three emails a week um, in a newsletter <laughs> format and, you know, really, really push me to buy products that I'm not that interested to buy. So we, we don't we don't do email. I love that I go to so many events and I hear so many people and I myself am guilty of it too, of talking about being customer first and basing what you do in your business on what the customer wants. But you're the first person I've heard who's taken it right from the very first moment and everything that you're doing is if the customer asks for it, we do it. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. And it's clearly such a simple way to decide what to do. Sounds quite, quite liberating. It is very liberating, but you, you do have to do it on kind of every level. So we we consider our brand kind of co-owned between us and the customer. So everything we do, we ask them about first. So we have lots of these kind of epically huge conversations on on Facebook and, and Instagram with people. And as time's gone on, it, they get a lot longer. And um, the last one we did had over 3000 comments on it. Um, which then you have to sit and read all of them and answer them. But, you know, that's that's worth it. These people have taken time out to give us their opinion and engage with us. So, you know, the very least we can do is is answer all of them back. But that's what we do. We ask our customers what they think. We involve them in every decision we make. And that's, you know, that's how we build a business which is right for them as well as right for us. And, you know, if we didn't do it that way, it, it would feel weird to me. I've work with lots of brands and you end up being very, you know, top down and you're like, you know, this is my customer. This isn't my customer. This is what we do. This is our way. This isn't our way. And you're like, you know what, who uses your products every day? Your customer does. They, they live with them. They have the dwell time with the product. You know, they, they're sitting there actually living and breathing it. And if you can't, 
involve them in the decisions you make about it. Something just seems seems wrong to me. I I just I'm just impressed. And I'm kind of like, wow, why do I why do I keep telling people they have to do email marketing? It's what keeps going through going through my head. But um, but a question a question for you, Brie, would be do you think there would ever be a time where you would shift from the qualitative data, you know, where you're asking people for, you know, chapter and verse on what they think and dealing with that massive information and the, the power of that massive information to switching to something more quantitative? Or for you, is it, is it kind of in the DNA of the brand that we have to go through? It, it's always going to be worth going through the detail. I think it's always worth going through the detail. I mean, that said, we do a lot of um, quantitative stuff as well, where all data nerds here and behavior is the surest kind of trigger of of actual intent so you know we we watch all of our data on the site and all of our data that we get from from every angle um to understand what our customers behavior is as as well as what they say um but all of that both what they say and behavior you you can't ignore and you know data of all its types is is fundamental to to building anything and it strikes me with your kind of history of your your work history of having started in the world of um, online courses, that's led to you to bring a slightly different angle to someone who maybe started off selling a physical product. Because I think in that industry is is more focused on the user than the actually e-commerce industry. Is so occasionally get to straddle both worlds. Would that be be a fair assumption? I think it is. I think it's also being really aware of what you're actually selling. So you know, when you're selling an online course you're not really selling that course you're selling the skills that that brings you and future job opportunities you know that's really what people want to buy you know if you're you're selling a weight loss product you're not selling food you're selling you know what it's going to be like when you lose a stone you know and I, I think that's a a very key thing to remember snag you know yeah we sell tights but what we really sell is is self-acceptance and you know that's a, a big part of what we do. And I, I think having very clear in your mind what you're actually selling versus, you know, what the product is you send out is the way that you can best get your marketing in tune with who your customers are. Yeah, so true. So true. And something which which so many e-commerce businesses fail to do is to talk about the use of the product or what the product gives them rather than it's a shoe <laughs> or similar yeah. things. Well, I mean, from a psychological perspective, you can't. So I'm, my, my degree's in um, computer science and psychology. But from a, a psychological kind of perspective, you, you can't really imagine yourself using a product until somebody puts that image in your head. So, you know, I see a lot of, you know, ads for, you know, a, a single product on a white background and you know you can't see how that fits into your life you can't see you as an individual using it and I think those things are really important to get through to the customer as well you can't let them do all of that work you need to show them how your product fits into their life show them how it will make their life better and I'm guessing given your history in a, in a Facebook ad agency that maybe one of the one of the things you've used instead of email to grow the sales has been Facebook ads Yep. So we use a lot of a lot of Facebook ads, um, and obviously Facebook and Instagram are, are the same thing now. So you know, across mm-hmm. across those platforms, I'm a big fan of, of thinking about marketing in terms of you know where you have marketing minutes. So as we kind of go further into the century, we're 
we're seeing a big decline in marketing minutes. So, you know, in 1990, you would have marketing minutes while people were watching TV. You'd have them during somebody's commute as they were listening to the radio. You'd have them, you know, on the outdoor ads they were seeing. You'd have them in the magazines they were reading, you know, and now nobody reads any magazines. Everybody listens to Spotify without ads. You don't watch TV, you watch Netflix without ads. So you need to be very careful to find those places where you have genuine opportunity to market to people. And it's always best to market to people when they're they're bored, um, which is why I find <laughs> Facebook and Instagram so good, because that's where you go when you're bored. And if you can give someone something better to do, um, and everybody loves shopping with their time, then they'll do it when they're in those spaces. Um, and I find that's really the best, the best place to be. I'm I'm much less of a fan when you're interrupting something that somebody's put a lot of intent behind, which I think is often why. YouTube is a little bit more difficult because you're going there for a specific reason and you want to watch something and you're doing that and you're, you know, you don't really want to be distracted or interrupted from from what you're doing. So I always think find people when they're bored and market to them then. And when they're bored and flicking aimlessly through Facebook and Instagram, I would hazard a guess that you're putting in front of them messages about what the tights are bringing them, not about the tights themselves. Or do you do a mixture at different stages of the buying journey? So for us, it's it's a mixture. I mean, it, it's easy with with tights because ninety percent of women can't find tights that fit. So, you know, on one level, it's just going, "Hey, look, guys, these tights fit," um, and and it doesn't really require that much more around it. But we do change those messages through through the journey. But what I find more interesting is we don't use any any models on our site or in our ads at all. We only use our actual customers. And for me, putting real women and real people out there on ads is is kind of a revolutionary thing. It still stops people in their tracks when they see it. And, you know, it's it's the right thing to do. I had an email from a lady who was saying she was really glad that her daughter was growing up now because when she looks at ads, she can see real women and not just supermodels like she grew up with. And she mm-hmm. thanked me for that. And I was like, I'm like I can't I can't explain how that makes me feel I'm I'm really glad that kids grow up in a world now where they see all sorts of people represented in ads as well um but it's lovely to kind of play a a tiny small part in that is that that you get your customers in to do photo shoots or that you reuse images they've sent you or is it a mixture so it's a mixture of both probably about 60 percent 70 percent of it is stuff they've taken themselves um we did TV recently um, and we got our our customers to make our TV ads for us. And when I say make our TV ads for us, I mean, they, they filmed them on their iPhones, they edited them, they made them, they put all the information in, made the whole TV ad. And we thought we'd be lucky to get one that we could put on TV. And actually we got 11. So we put them on TV um, and they did really, really, really well. And, you know, our customers were getting stopped in the street going, oh my God, is that you from the Sand Tights ad? And <laughs> actually, they, they weren't just starring in it. They'd made that ad, um, you know, that had gone out on, on national TV. Wow. And how do you reward the customers for this? Is it, you know, just a, a, a lo- almost like a an influencer program or a loyalty program? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people going out there, wow, that must save you a shed load of cash, as well as it being better performing. So we give we give the cash to our customers. And, you know, I would rather spend... Again, you know, this is my view after spending years in, in the e-com industry. I'd rather spend the money I was going to take on 
you know, a really expensive agency and, and all sorts of things like that and give it to our customers and have them use that money to be creative um, than do it the other way around. So everything we need done, we always put out to our customers first, be that by a little bit of graphic design or, or be that a TV ad. So we also think it's important that they get, you know, properly recompensed for it because they've put a huge amount of effort and into it and we're using it instead of something else that we would do. But I would rather that money went went to them. So we're supporting that that whole community back as well. What channels do you use to communicate with your community and to enable them to communicate with each other? So so mainly we again we use Facebook and Instagram. So we've got about 140,000 Facebook followers um, and about 75,000 Instagram fans and we kind of we talk to them on those platforms and we try and make that a mix of kind of direct questions and I guess for want of a better word kind of conversation starters so you know there's there's times when there's not places to talk about the stuff you want to talk about and we try and and start those conversations for people and and let them connect with other people that can help them and share ideas and stuff like that as well. Do you ever, as a, as a business, I'm guessing is quite reliant on Facebook and Instagram for new sales and repeat sales. Do you ever worry about the fact that you don't own that platform as such? Which is often the argument people give for, for using multiple channels. Um, to, to some extent, I think, you know, you, you've always got, for me, it's not really about platforms. It's about people. So going to at that moment to find people at the right the right kind of stage of boredness. I mean, we recently started doing um, TikTok, which is going um, insanely well. We're doing some more YouTube tests and Pinterest stuff. We do a little bit of TV. So it's all about where we can go to find that person. And, and as they're moving their interest on from Facebook and Instagram, which some people are, where can we where can we find them? We've had often had people on the show who have similarly low price point products as you do. I mean, I think it, I'd a quick look on the website. It looks like kind of like the five, uh, five six pounds is, is around about your, your average product price. And that can be a really difficult place to, to, to start and grow an e-commerce business because you have then have to factor in the delivery because whether it's a, I know, a hundred pound shirt or a six pound pair of tights, the delivery costs are essentially the same. So have you found that the, the price points are a challenge to growth or, well, I'm guessing not given how fast you've grown over the years. But um, so I guess actually, let me rephrase it. How about any advice for anyone else in the low price point space of how to manage that effectively? So again, I mean, it's it's all about, and you'll find this with me, I, I rarely listen to what people tell me. So <laughs> um, we, we charge for our postage. We charge what it costs us to send the product mm-hmm. out. And for me, that's that's only fair because we we put our products at the lowest price we can possibly sell them for and make a, a profit so you know as part of having the price at that level it means that you need to pay for it to get to you and you know we haven't found that be at all problematic and, and we get lots of people that go you know oh the key is that you always need to have free shipping free shipping is everything if you've got free shipping your e-commerce business will fly and I'm always like well it's not free is it because you've increased the, no. the, the kind of price you know at the other end and I'd rather we were were fair with our customers and they can see how, what really was happening so they know what you know we really get charged for shipping and if we get a better deal on shipping we'll put the price down and you know that's that's what we do we're we're completely transparent when it comes to that that's how much the tights cost that's how much the shipping costs we do a lot of work to keep our shipping as low as we possibly can um you know so, so they get a better deal but i'd much rather be 
honest with people rather than going, ah, your shipping is free, but I've just had to go on to the price of the product, which just doesn't seem very fair to me. Uh, and I suspect those listening can can get that that would conflict with the importance of community and the importance of bringing the customers into the mix. Oh, yeah, we're going to listen to you all the time, apart from when it comes to shipping costs, at which point we're going to tell you it's free, but we're going to increase the price of all our products by a couple of quid. Mm. It's um, Yeah, it, it wouldn't fit fit with your brand and your, your ideology, would it? Now, Brie, we came to be connected when you put up a post on LinkedIn saying about how you run your business, the whole of your business from a mobile phone, which as someone who's a little bit addicted to a desktop, to be fair, completely addicted to a desktop, just kind of blew my mind. I mean, I know it's possible, but it still kind of blew my mind. So have you got any advice for those out there who are literally stuck on their desktop for how how to go about running a business and, and doing it in such a fluid and flexible way? I just think it gives you a lot more freedom. So for me, it's, you know, it's much more important that I'm out there talking to people or I can attend the meetings that I need to attend. And there's more of my time if I'm not attached to a desktop. And I think, you know, you very quickly get used to the things that you can do on your phone. And with Shopify, you know, the app's absolutely amazing. There's nothing. I mean, I can edit a product picture on Shopify on my phone live on the live site you know that there's nothing really that I can do outside of that it also lets me keep on top of my emails you know it lets me keep on top of all my Facebook ads as they're running you know the the facilities there now are so good it means I can do that in the time you know in in my spare time I guess in a way that you can't do from a desktop so I can still get out there and I can meet people and I can talk to them I can you know do the things that I need to do and it just gives me more time to to get through everything i guess but you you do still have a laptop for special occasions <laughs> i do still have a laptop um but i can go for like a whole week without using it so which which frequently happens it was actually so out of charge this morning that i had to to plug it in and wait five minutes for it to actually <laughs> turn on um, but yeah I, I do still have one and do, do the rest of your team mobile only as well, or does that have you found that you being mobile only has shifted how they use their tech? I think a, a lot of them are. Um, you know, I, I think I'm probably the worst for it um, in in the group. But because we use things like we're a completely virtual team, so we use WhatsApp as our main communication method. So that's all mobile, and it's it's easy to do on mobile. Um, I think we we all do it to to a pretty large extent, but I do probably push the boundaries a little bit. And you say um, completely virtual team. Is that something which just evolved, or was that part of your vision from the start? Was I want the right people and don't care where they are. So for me, it's it's about having the right people, but it's also about you know contributing when your energy is highest, and and everyone's different from this. So we have these really kind of weird WhatsApp meetings where somebody will start off an idea and then it might be four hours before someone else has thought about it and they have the right energy to, you know, add something more to it. So they'll add something more to it then. And then somebody else might wake up in the middle of the night having thought about it and add a little bit more to it then. And for me, it's all about people being in the right, you know, the right frame of mind to get a really good result from something where when you know you're going that meeting is going to be at 10 in the morning and you've got somebody who's going oh no I don't have food for tea um you've got someone else going you know oh no I need to remember to collect that from the post office you've got somebody else who's got a sick you know 
guinea pig. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, nobody's nobody's necessarily all on their game at the same time. So I would rather work in this way, where people can contribute when they're completely at their best. I like it. I'm, I'm a big fan of virtual teams myself. So are your, is your team all in the UK or are they dotted around the world? Um, all around the world. So we have um, people in Australia, we have people in America. Um, up until recently, our CMO was in, in Barcelona. So, you know, all, all kind of places across the globe. There's a big part of the of the kind of I guess the community and the the ethos behind um, snag tights, which is around the size acceptance angle of things, um, which we've kind of I would knowing that it exists, it feels a bit absent from our chat, chat this far. So, was that a, a reason for you to get into tights? Not literally. Um, was it a reason, or did it come about after starting the business, or have they always kind of gone hand in hand? I think it was it was really important for me. So I I spent you know the vast majority of my life absolutely hating myself and hating what I look like and not being able to find clothes that represented me on any level. And you know the my head my was literally just filled with your life will be better if you lose weight. Oh, you want chocolate? Don't eat the chocolate. You're a horrible person. Eat the chocolate. You know you look ugly. Eat the chocolate. Like the I can't describe the amount of energy and intensity it took to to keep up the level of self-hatred I had um and over time for me accepting myself has been such a big a big change in in who I am and has freed up all of my headspace to think about better things um and to think positively about the world it was always for me important that something like tights opens up a whole new wardrobe for people you know we have emails from people that haven't worn a dress for 20 years you know who who don't feel like you know they could wear a skirt and having the right pair of tights which means they're comfortable they're not going to get chub rub you know they they feel confident in what they're wearing helps change their self-acceptance it you know it takes these little steps where you can be a little bit more you you know when you see advertising of people that are like you again you know it's okay for you to be you and you, you don't have to be different from how you are um and that that is just it's it's a kind of fundamental tenant I guess of, of what we are as a brand but also who I am as a person e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are how are the leading D2C brands growing their business? They're using Clavio, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 28,000 global innovative online brands. Clavio believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees, or feature-based pricing. With a platform that is both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Clavio. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Clavio see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? Visit clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 
With support from Magento One stores set to expire in June, are you looking for a new home for your e-commerce site? Well, start your digital transformation journey with leading Shopify Plus agency Swanky. Boasting years of migration experience and with countless successful replatforming projects under their belt, these e-commerce experts know everything there is to know about replatforming, including all the secrets to a smooth and stress-free transition. Check out Swanky's free must-have migration bundle, complete with downloadable ebook, on-demand webinar, and real-life success stories. Head to swankyagency.com forward slash magento to Shopify. That's swankyagency.com forward slash magento to Shopify. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, we're going to go into the top tips. Um, and... Brie, I love this section because it gives our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So are you good to go into the top tips round? Different. Cool. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Mm, so I, again, being weird, don't read any business books because I think if you're, if you have other people's ideas in your head, you can't have your own ideas. So I'm going to say, June by Frank Herbert, which is an awesome science fiction book. And it also teaches you a huge amount about challenge and leadership and understanding, you know, what the universe is around you and shaping it to what you need it to be and shaping the way you think. So that's the one I'd recommend. Excellent. I like it. A bit of escapism on a Friday. Um, okay. The f- Traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So email, I definitely don't think gets the press it deserves. Um, But I would say, you know, really, really kind of simple stuff on Facebook still works well. You know, know who your audience are, target them well, think about relevancy, you know, create really good ads that people want to respond to. And it's simple, but still ridiculously effective. And the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So we do all our graphic design on Over, which is an iPhone app, which is incredible. Um, You can have all of the power of Photoshop in, you know, a tiny little app, which is super simple to use and, you know, creates just beautiful results. So we all use it at Snag and I would highly recommend it to, to everyone. Excellent. I'm sure that's one which people, as they're listening, are downloading as we speak, because anything that makes graphic design easier is... I know, right? It's so complicated. And now you've got this great little app that does it all for you. It's brilliant. Yeah. The hours I've spent looking at Photoshop and Photoshop equivalents going, I just want to do that, but I don't know what they call it. (laughs) And all the masking and the the layers and the, I don't know. But yeah, over makes it all simple. Yeah. Great. Great recommendation. Okay, the last top tip is the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? So I think the first thing I'd do is make sure that you have the space to grow your product in. And I think a lot of people try and grow a product with an audience that's too small to grow that product with. So I'd identify your audience. I'd look at how big that audience is. If it's not big enough, I'd find a way to make your product appeal to more people. So I think a lot of the time people aren't aware of the population size you need to be able to sustain the demand of a product. So I would definitely say start there. 
That's such a cool way of looking at it. I think you've you've certainly shifted my head a little bit today, Brie, and I suspect there's a lot of the audience members who will now be staring off at corners of the room wondering, <laughs> ooh, why, how should I actually be thinking about this? So um, very cool to have all that advice from you today. Before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Um, so we're snagtights.com, um, snagtights on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram at Brief from Snag. Awesome. Thank you. And um, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And, um, and to, as you can tell, my brain is currently going, hmm, hmm, I should think about these things differently. So, uh, so thank you, Brie. Really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Some really interesting angles on the world of e-commerce there from Brie. And it's it's interesting to see how her focus is so committed, both um, from the standpoint of the, you know, the body acceptance sitting at the heart of everything, of the angle of making only building what the customer wants. It's kind of like taking minimum viable product to the nth degree, you know, launching with just that one single page of the website and only building out what the customer wants. I thought the uh, the point of view on you know, keep testing with your marketing to find out what's going to work and what's going to deliver for you. You know, they're busy testing TikTok and they're testing TV ads. Lots of of um, really insightful stuff. And I quite like the idea of, you know, just ignoring what everyone else says and just following the numbers, following the data and doing what works for you. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can take as much inspiration, as many ideas from my podcasts as you like, but you have to test it in your own business before you know it's going to work. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iTunes, please do give us some feedback via the review apps because I love to hear what you're thinking and your reviews do help us out just a little bit in their algorithms. If you want to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, details of related episodes and more, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. We will find lots of information about this show, plus um, a link to this particular episode and all those resources. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.